Monster Kid is a term applied to those of us who grew up on the classics, who read Famous Monsters of Filmland, who loved the monsters, and weren't afraid of anyone knowing that we were cheering on Frankenstein and company. Monster Kids would go all out for Halloween, and would spend their allowance on anything they could find that was related to a horror movie. We'd stay up late watching creature features, and would ask the question, how'd they make that? When they saw a new weird creation shambling out of the dark. Greg Nicotero is in every way a monster kid. Greg Nicotero is a legend in the world of special effects and horror movies on the big and small screen. He trained with and worked with the best in the beginning and has gone on to win Oscars, Emmys, and has been part of some of the biggest films in motion picture history. Greg Nicotero was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1963. It would only be a few years later that George Romero would give rise to the zombie classic Night of the Living Dead in that state, something that would become a very important part of the young Nicotero's life. Greg started becoming fascinated with horror films and monsters early on in his life. This was helped along massively by one of his favorite films of all time, Jaws, when he saw the shark that helped push him forward into finding out how they created it. With the popularity of Famous Monsters of Filmland and the re-airing of the classic Universal Monsters on TV, Greg was hooked. Greg was fascinated by the work of Dick Smith, the man responsible for The Exorcist. Dick was one of the first major effects artists to give information and pointers on how to create makeup and special effects. He released the Dick Smith's Do-It-Yourself Monster Makeup Handbook in 1965, which would influence many a young horror fan. Greg was fascinated by his work in films like The Exorcist. Greg would collect issues of famous monsters alongside the Aurora model kits that would be the cornerstone of many a Monster Kids collection growing up during the 60s and 70s. He'd filmed Super 8 movies growing up, much like director Sam Raimi and other future mavens of horror. Greg's parents were huge movie fans, and his uncle was an actor, so the family supported Greg's love of making movies. He and his brothers would recreate films they had seen, like Dawn of the Dead and even Jaws, building a papier-mâché version of the shark, which worked just about as well as the one in the actual movie did. The brothers would work together to make special effects for these films, such as squibs and gunshots. Greg's love of films never went away. In the early 80s, Greg was on vacation with his parents in Italy when he ran into George Romero. Romero had worked on a film with Greg's uncle, and Greg already knew George from his appearances on the local creature feature Chiller Theater, so he introduced himself. They hit it off, and eventually George offered Greg a chance to work on his film Creep Show. It also led to his getting to know visual effects master Tom Savini. Greg turned down the chance to work on Creep Show, though, and went back to college for pre-med, which may explain why his guts and gore effects are so good. But George seemed to be fated to work with Greg, and only a few years after Creepshow, George asked Greg if he wanted to work on a little zombie film called Day of the Dead. Greg said yes, not only helping out with the special effects work alongside Tom Savini, but acting in the film as Johnson, one of the military officers who doesn't have a happy ending. This started Greg on his path to becoming one of the wizards of Hollywood special effects. On Day of the Dead, he'd meet Howard Berger, who would become the B in KNB effects. He'd wind up moving from the East Coast to the West, and along with Robert Kurtzman, the three would open KNB effects studios. Greg would work on effects for Creepshow 2, and would follow this up with the phenomenal classic Evil Dead 2, where he would help create the costume for Henrietta, and would be in charge of draining Ted Raimi's sweat from the costume after filming. Over the 80s and 90s, Greg and Canby would work on some of the biggest horror and genre films to hit screens and touching on every major horror franchise from Phantasm, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, 
Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. He'd also returned to the Land of the Deadites with Army of Darkness. In 1994, Greg would work with director Quentin Tarantino for the first time on Pulp Fiction. This would lead to working on many projects with Tarantino and even being killed rather nastily on screen during Inglorious Bastards. Greg would work with many masters of horror over the years, including George Romero, there would be Wes Craven, John Carpenter, who would be turned into the coroner in the anthology Body Bags, Robert Rodriguez, David Lynch, and Don Coscarelli, to name a few. Candy has become one of the go-tos for Hollywood when it comes to special effects, and so is Greg Nicotero. His work in KMB have won numerous awards over the years, with Emmys, Cable Ace Awards, Saturns, an Oscar, and a BAFTA under their belts. In 2010, Greg used his love of classic monster movies and his talent, along with some familiar friends, to create the fantastic short film, The United Monster Talent Agency. The short was a love letter to the classic monster movies he'd grown up with. A what-if world where the monsters in the movies are actually real and need agents and care just like any other actor would. Greg wrote, produced, and directed the short, which is a black and white, and had a number of friends in roles including names like Eli Roth, Dana Gould, Sam Witwer, Frank Darabont, Jeffrey Combs, and Robert Rodriguez. Part of AMC's Halloween season that year, it was also shown at Fantastic Fest. You can find United Monster Talent Agency online to view, and I strongly suggest it, as it is absolutely awesome and just great to see the recreation of the Gill Man that Greg made, or the perfect recreation of Lon Chaney Jr.'s transformation into the Wolfman. It would be the following year that Greg would become part of one of the biggest mega-hits in horror history with the television series The Walking Dead. The series would become a worldwide phenomenon, and Greg Nicotero would become an integral part of the series, creating the walker effects and designs, acting as a walker in various episodes, he even has his own action figure, directing online webisodes and series episodes. You can pretty much bet that either an amazing set piece will be in an episode directed by Greg, or someone you like is going to die or both, and being an executive producer. The Walking Dead let Greg really challenge himself on all levels. Having worked with some amazing filmmakers and directors over the years, Greg had learned from the best. Never having gone to film school, he picked up things from guys like Quentin Tarantino and used this knowledge to grow into a pretty fantastic director. Add to that the challenge of creating multiple designs for hundreds of different walkers and filming in the Georgia heat. The Walking Dead showed just what could be done when you let Greg do his thing. Working in Georgia with a tightly knit cast created a family atmosphere and spawned great friendships between Nicotero and many of the series stars, particularly Norman Reedus. Greg and Norman grew to love the area so much that in 2016, around the fifth season of The Walking Dead, the duo opened a restaurant in Sonoya, Georgia, called Nick and Norman's. The logo was inspired, with Nicotero being represented by a makeup or paintbrush, depending on what he would be working on, and Norman represented by Daryl Dixon's famous crossbow arrow. The restaurant was such a success that another location was opened in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Both locations feature items like the Bloody Nicotero, made with vodka, Zing Zang, Cholula, and Bloody Eyeballs, and Norman's Impossible Burger. During the production of The Walking Dead, Greg also continued working on feature projects and series. This included the two spin-offs of The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead The World Beyond, and movies like Alita Battle Angel and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then in 2019, the world came full circle for Greg, with Shudder and AMC greenlighting a TV anthology series based off of Creepshow. Greg has since written, directed, and executive produced numerous episodes, as well as created the special effects for the series host, The Creep. The series is now in its third season and has some fantastic actors, including Giancarlo Esposito, Kid Cudi, C. Thomas Howell, and many more. Greg isn't slowing down anytime soon. 
Beyond doing both Creepshow and work on the final season of The Walking Dead and its sister series, he's directing the feature film spinoff of the show as well as executive producing. The film will see the return of Rick Grimes and will co-star Denai Guerrera and Pollyanna McIntosh. And that's really all we know right now. Greg is also slated to do the special effects on Todd McFarlane's upcoming live-action Spawn film, which is getting an R rating and will star Jamie Foxx as Al Simmons and Spawn, with Jeremy Renner as Twitch Williams. Greg's also working and producing a series based on the Terry Moore comic Rachel Rising, a story that involves a young woman named Rachel who wakes up in a shallow grave after her attempted murder. Her investigation into the crime leads her on a path filled with witchcraft and demons. Greg Nicotero is a legend in the world of special effects and horror films, and what makes his story and career so great is the fact that he's such a big fan and geek as the rest of us are. Just walking through KMB Effects Studios shows you this when you see pieces like a Dalek from Doctor Who he's in the process of rebuilding, or the life-size figures of Quint, Brody, and Hooper that he sculpted to look alive on a recreation of the deck of the Orca. Nearby is a replica of Ben Gardner's head, which Greg snuck into The Walking Dead inside of the governor's collection. There are the yellow barrels, which Greg owns some of the screen-used ones. The absolute love he has for the movie is evident, as is his love of the craft and the skill that he has in it. Greg Nicotero is still the monster kid he grew up as, and he hasn't ever really grown up. The story I was told by director Alexander Aja was that during the opening scene of Piranha, that the two of them were geeking out and laughing as they shot the scene of Richard Dreyfus meeting his end by the man-eating creatures while out on his fishing boat, because they were actually getting to kill Hooper. Greg got to work with his heroes when it came to George Romero and Savini, and to this day he praises the work that Tom does with his school and keeps Romero's work alive by sneaking in nods to the man who gave him his first film work, such as recreating the flannel shirt zombie from Dawn of the Dead and planting them in The Walking Dead. Greg Nicotero has become the hero to many that he always looked up to, a master of monsters, an effects legend, and a filmmaker that people want to work with. And he's always going to be a monster kid at heart. Look at your room. Holy <laughs> shit. That's amazing. You're over here. Where um, am I? You're over there in your action figure from Walking Dead, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. I believe you. I believe you. That's so funny because I realized that I hadn't written you back and then I wrote you yesterday and you're like, oh, I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so awesome. I am so happy to talk to you. It's been a million years, but, uh, wow, you're blowing up with creep show. So congratulations for that. It Thanks. is so fantastic. Um, so my first question for you is, uh, and we've talked about this in the past, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, now you grew up a monster kid. And, um, you know, you were always reading uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland. You were making their Aurora model kits and doing your own Super 8s. Uh, what really connected you to the, the, the monsters? What really grabbed you as a kid? You know, I think a lot of it, you know, my parents are huge movie buffs. I mean, they always were. So when, when movies would come out, you know, we would go opening weekend. You know, I remember seeing Planet of the Apes and I remember all, all these movies. My parents would take us opening weekend and it was kind of like a big event, you know, and my dad is, still is kind of a gadget guy. So they used to buy the Super 8 condensed castle films. So on Saturday nights, if I would stay overnight at my grandparents' house, we would watch Creature from the Black Lagoon on Super 8. Oh, wow. um, they put the screen up and they had the projector and it'd get right to the end. And then they played in reverse and the creature would jump out of the water. And 
So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like between my grandfather and then my grandmother was an artist. So she taught me how to draw. So she would draw monsters with me. So I always felt like between that and my parents, you know, love for uh, movies, it kind of sort of all boiled together. And then one of my uncles um, gave me my first Famous Monsters magazine. So uh, my, my family always was really, really sort of into monster movies and horror stuff. And then of course, growing up in Pittsburgh and Chiller Theater and Bill Cardell every Saturday night. So it was sort of like the perfect confluence of blood trails that coagulated <laughs> into me, I guess. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now with Creepshow, it's, you know, it's more specific about EC Comics and that's what inspired that. Did you have any comics that, uh, that really grabbed you when you were growing up like that? You know, I was a big Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf of Night. Those were my favorite comics when I was a kid. I mean, I read, I read the EC stuff, but I think I was a little... Like I was born in 63. So by the time I started reading comics, it was probably um, the EC stuff had been kind of away for a little bit. So I, I, I was about, you know, Werewolf, Werewolf by Night and Tomb of Dracula. Those really, those really got me. And then, you know, of course, Famous Monsters, when I was able to find pictures of people doing makeup and, and the monsters themselves. And the comic books kind of went away. I never was a Marvel guy. I was never a DC guy. I was never one of those people that, that was really, really into superhero stuff. I mean, I liked the cartoons, but I wasn't a big, avid superhero comic book reader. Now I just have images of you directing a Tomb of Dracula movie in my head, and I need that. So that you, can... you know... <laughs> From from your lips, that would be amazing. <laughs> so, um, so I, I I read up on you before this interview, and you already know. What do you mean you read up on me? I, I, I know stuff about I, I know stuff about you, but I I found things I didn't know, and one was surprising to me was originally, and from what I gathered, you passed up and had to pass up. Uh, George's offer to come do Creep Show, the original, and then you came back and did Day of the Dead and got your head ripped off and and, and everything. But um, I was, <laughs> as you will. Um, so how was it for you to bring Creep Show back in this format and <clears throat> and to see the success it became? Um, with that being kind of like the the stepping stone for you working with George. Well, I'll tell you that. There's a really, really strange story that that it almost doesn't seem real. But when I was probably 20 years old, 21 years old, I had a little office in my house downstairs in our basement and I had my favorite movie posters on the wall and I had a movie poster from Creepshow and I was my parents, I think, were out of town and I was shooting. I used to shoot videos on with my beta cam and film and, and send the videos to my parents. It was before video chat and all that kind of stuff. So my parents would go away for a couple of weeks and they would leave us um, to destroy the house and have parties and <laughs> shit like that. So we would I would send them videos and there's actually footage of me filming the 14 by 36 Creepshow poster. And I get to the bottom and I say, because my brother had found the video, 
you can hear me say, hey, mom, dad, one of these days it's going to say produced by Greg Nicotero. And I'm filming a creep show poster. So I went home to Pittsburgh like three years ago. And my brother said, I found this old video that you shot for mom and dad. And so I feel like it really went full circle. Like it weirdly, it's probably one of the instances in my life where I felt like this was meant to be, you know, this, this situation in this scenario. So, you know, when we did season one, I felt a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility to George and to Steve and, and, you know, to take this legacy and continue it. Um, I feel like after people embraced season one and realized that the passion and the heart um, that I put into the show was, was there and, and I had done, you know, a good job of paying tribute to the inspirations that I had when I was younger, then I kind of went, okay, now I can shake it off a little bit and kind of start to spread my own wings and kind of uh, really put my own stamp on Creepshow in terms of what I wanted to do and tell the stories that I wanted to tell. I feel like season two and three were were a little less traditional EC comic type stories. And I kind of opened the world up a little bit more. And, you know, I had some amazing writers that did a, an absolutely phenomenal job of, of working with me to tell some great stories. So I feel like, you know, Creepshow is, is probably more personal to me even now because I've been able to tell these stories that I want to tell. And, um, and I have more confidence, you know, in what I'm doing and the stories that I'm telling and what I'm producing and uh, the actors and the directors that I'm working with. So it feels good, you know, I mean, we did season two, we shot six episodes and the network was so excited that they went, keep going. Do you have scripts for season three? And I said, yeah, I think we have five of the six. So while we were shooting, we were went right into prepping a whole other season, writing two extra episodes and, um, that's where skeletons came from because skeletons was an idea that I had had and had wanted to do for a long, long time. And I went, well, wait a minute, we can do it in one location. We can shoot it in three days. I'll get James Raymar and uh, we'll bang it out. Like if we shot it in three days, like it was just, uh, it was kind of insane actually. Well, and it's kind of funny that you brought up the, the personal touch to it because I was going to ask the second season seemed very personal with, you know, the, the nods to um, Evil Dead and showing, you know, with Dana Gould writing a, an episode that allowed you to use Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. You I know, know right? And that is freaking <laughs> amazing. Um, what, so, you know, what was one story that you really want to do that you haven't done yet um, that you want to include in there that would, you know, give the personal touch and also, on top of that, you're getting to play with things that are just amazing for a kid like you and me to, 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 to get to, to do. Yeah. Uh, well, how I is mean, that? <laughs> that's part of the fun. I mean, you know, when we did Skeletons in the Closet, I called Don Coscarelli and said, hey, I want to do a little phantasm homage. Um, and uh, he was so excited. 
um, that we did it. And so to be able to sort of look at those clips or deconstructing the psycho shower scene and understanding the cuts and how it was put together, it, it, it was really, you know, it was really kind of amazing to, to deconstruct these moments and, and pay tribute to them in a way that I never would have imagined doing. You know, and up to the point where when we did the mix for Creep Show, and I was like, guys, we need the original psycho music for skeletons. We need, we can't recreate that. We need the actual music. And everyone's like, wow, how are we going to do that? I'm like, we got to get it. When we we were, you know, thank goodness, uh, between the network and the post team and everyone, we were able to get the original psycho music. Um I I I just uh I just consider myself fortunate to be able to continue to to play with play in the sandbox as george would say you know george said so many times you know the sand george would always talk about the sandbox and he would talk about you know the zombie world and say you know for a long time i was the only guy in the sandbox and i just love that george's analogy for making zombie movies was a kid sitting in a fucking sandbox that's how george looked at it i mean it's, it's amazing. i know so um I feel like I'm sitting in a sandbox and I have a, an amazing group of people around me that, that helped me build the coolest and the greatest Dracula sandcastle that you could ever build. You know, that's what it feels like. It's fantastic. I like Dracula sandcastle. That, that's right. That is I a just, great I, phrase. I just Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Dracula. I know. Look, I think, I think what we need to do, I'm telling this to my producer, Julia, we need to do drawing of a little little kid sitting in a sandcastle doing a Dracula castle or oh, a sandbox doing a Dracula. All right. In, in, we might have swim, to make that t-shirt. Swim trunks with a Dracula cape on. That's what he needs to be wearing. <laughs> right <That's>, there. <laughs> or yeah, all right, we're gonna we'll talk about that later because yes, I don't want to take yeah, up your no. time. Um so one thing that I wanted to ask you about, because you know, working on The Walking Dead, you've created some just amazing zombie effects um and how is it different for you creating different monsters for each episode with this with creep show is it easier or is is it more of a challenge and does the variety make it more enjoyable for you well the variety certainly keeps it fresh um and i know that a lot of the people on my team in la at k and b love the fact that they get to do the variety and the scale and the scope of what we do, you know, the, the alien from the right snuff, the 12 foot werewolf from shapeshifters, like we're, we're really having a good time creating all these different things. And the nice thing about it is I have complete creative freedom and control. When the directors come in, I'm like, Oh, it's already designed here. This is what it looks like. It's, we built it six months ago, you know? Um, <laughs> that really does keep it keep it fresh you know i wish we had i wish we had the money that we have on walking dead to put into the creep show effects but the it doesn't in any way shape or form diminish what we've been able to do like the the creature puppets that we did for pesticide the giant tarantula and the mosquito and the fly like we 3D printed all of the mosquito parts and built that animatronic and shot it at different frame rates. And, you know, all the little 
tools and tricks of the trade that make special effects makeup and animatronics fun, we use all of them. The Queen Bee, that entire hospital room with Queen Bee was all miniature. Wow. When she transforms, it was all a third scale miniature. And um, nobody would, everyone would say, oh, just shoot a clean plate and we'll put it in later. And we built, we built a miniature and shot it at K&B one night after work. And, um, and it was just, it reminds you the challenges of filmmaking before computers, before cell phones. You know, you can watch Lawrence of Arabia or Jaws and be like, wait, they made that movie with thousands of extras without cell phones. And like movies were made, Ten Commandments, these movies that were made out of sheer will and technical prowess. And I really like being challenged and I like being able to use the techniques that filmmakers uh, that filmmakers established or created to make this genre work. And I, I hate using old school. I hate using that expression because old school somehow leads you to believe that something is antiquated when it's not. You know, when I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go old school here. I'm like, old school? I hate that expression. What I, what I like to do is embrace the artists around me and use whatever tool it is to accomplish the effect in the best way possible. And sometimes it's a computer, sometimes it's a makeup, sometimes it's an animatronic. That's fantastic. Um, so I know I'm about to lose you here, but I have one quick question personally that I want to ask you, which is, are you going to do a monster talent agency episode? You know, I Dana Gould and I wrote a treatment for a feature length version of that movie. Uh, and Alex Aja wanted to do it at one point. Brett Ratner wanted to do it at one point. Like we had a lot of people that loved it and I still have the treatment and it's, it's so cool. It opens with villagers storming a castle and they pound on the one, they have pitchforks ah! and they pound on the door and the door opens and there's a monster in there and a the guy walks through, Hey kid, I got a job for you and gives him a contract. You know, <laughs> it's, um, so I want to do, I, I just want to do the movie version of it. I because, of course, at the end, King Kong, like, is straddling the man's Chinese theater when all the monsters get loose all over Hollywood. So we, Dane and I wrote an amazing treatment that is so much fun. I, I want it. I want to read it. And I want I'll to send see it. To you. it. <laughs> Do I'll please, send it to you. Please. I'll send it to you. That's, that's fantastic. Greg, thank you so, so much. This was so great. I hope you enjoyed this episode that I'm putting together for you. Uh, it's your life. It's that's what I'm doing. Well, and Jess, look, I know we only had a couple of minutes. If you need more time, you and I can set up another time to yap because I know you wanted a little bit more time. And, and uh, so let me know if you need another another go. Awesome. Thank you Bye, so honey. much, sir. You're fantastic. Stay safe. Great to see you. Bye. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow videos channel. Tell your friends who like this sort of content and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all of our latest videos. We're an independent company and we appreciate all of your support.